Mills Mafia, what is up? And welcome into the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. My name is Charlie Gross. I am your host. And today is a great day for the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. Not only are we back on our guest grind, we have a new segment called Tell Me Why I'm Wrong. For those of you who follow me, you know that I put out unpopular Buffalo Bills takes. And now I'm giving my guests the opportunity to tell me why I am wrong wrong and the first guest which will get that chance is dan kelly one half of the icy mics podcast on the built in buffalo network dan how you doing man man it's another great day the offseason lasts too long i'm sick of it let's get back to football we got four weeks until the preseason four weeks yeah this like seven week time period in like late june july uh it's been pretty brutal. Um, you know, I give guys who'd make a podcast every day a lot of credit in this time of the year because, honestly, it's tough to find stuff to talk about. Every uh, week. You can't yeah. find stuff every week. Yeah, it's, like you're it's, literally grasping at straws, repeating the same thing, hoping the audience isn't bored. Guys, don't be bored by us. If you are, reach out on Twitter. Let us know what you want us to talk about, and we'll bring it to you. Trust me. Right. Like So, yeah, if you have any suggestions, the suggestion box is open. I know training camp is uh, about eight days away, if I believe, eight or nine days away. So I'm sure things will pick up then. Uh, so we got three segments for you today. Uh, the first, we're going to talk a little bit about training camp. The second segment, we are going to get Dan's perspective on podcasting and how he got into podcasting. And the third segment will be Dan telling me which one of my five or six unpopular takes that is wrong. And I'm only going to let him do one because I'm sure he wants to tell me that all six are incorrect, but he only gets to pick one. Before we go into training camp, Charlie, I want to get your opinion on something here. Yeah, sure. So I go to school here at the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting at Fullstale. Um, I was talking to a Jets fan the other day, oh, no. and he told me this statement, and I wanted to go berserk, and we had an argument at a Applebee's kind of location. <laughs> he told me that it's just as likely that the Bills finish third in the division as first in the division because he says that the Miami Dolphins got better and the Patriots got better. And I said, okay, yes, the Patriots and the Dolphins got better. I think the Dolphins got a little worse, to be honest, with their departures on defense. But I don't think any of those teams made enough improvements to beat Buffalo out for the number one seed. Yeah. I mean, I would say that the Patriots got better on paper, certainly. But their roster last year, and quite frankly, their roster for the last – seven years really hasn't been good. Tom Brady to me has covered up a lot of that stuff, but yeah, I mean, you know, if you're the jets and you get better, that means you're going to win five or six games. It doesn't mean you're going to win 14 games. So I think the fact that the Patriots got better. Okay. I mean, yeah. And the dolphins, I kind of feel like the dolphins stayed the same. I know they added some people, but I kind of feel like they stayed the same. And I would but be, even staying the same for the Dolphins, they won 10 games last year. That's only three games less than us. Like, it's right there. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm a little worried, but I'm also not because they needed Fitzpatrick to close their games, and he's not there. Right. I'll say it this way. With Tua, I'm not afraid of them. If they decided to trade for Aaron Rodgers, we'd have a problem. Like, I, I would say that they would be 
you know, neck and neck with us. But right now, no. Like, I, is it possible the Bills can finish third? Sure, sure, it's possible, but it's not as likely as they're finishing first. Like, it's, it's, it's po- a 5% it's possible chance. possible for me to jump out this window and not sustain an injury. But the right. chances of that are very unlikely. I'm probably going to break my leg or break my arm. The Bills are going to win the AFC East. I think right. that's I mean, pretty, if like, pretty universal. I don't know why I got that take thrown at me, but I was completely overwhelmed. Like, yes, it can happen. Anything can happen any given Sunday. We know the phrases, but it's just not practical. Josh Allen's gotten better each year. Like, all this stuff just adds up. The Bills did not get worse. So I just I, thought I, of some good content that maybe – that you guys can use if you want, what would have to happen to the Bills, like objectively speaking, for them to finish third, right? Like how many Josh injuries? Allen have to get injured. Right, but who, but who else, right? Like, I mean, that, that like who else would you have to lose? Like like Trey White maybe or Poyer? Like an offensive lineman like Deion Dawkins would be a major, a major – Right, like what part. would the Bills really have to lose, right, to like finish third? That, that'd be interesting. Their um, minds. They'd have to fire yeah. all, all the coaches. Tell, tell that Jets fan. He fired. Tell that Jets fan that they don't know what they're talking about and that Joe Douglas isn't as good as everybody thinks he is. <laughs> Will do. So, training camp. Is there any particular position battle or position group um, that you're kind of looking forward to seeing what happens in training camp? It, this roster feels like it's so loaded that we're going to lose some guys that we really don't want to lose. So is, is there any one spot that you really want to see, keep your eye on through the, the next, you know, uh, four or five weeks? I'm looking at the tight ends, man. The Zach Ertz news just keeps hitting my timeline as each day passes. I don't know if it's going to happen. I cared for a while right now. It's kind of like whatever, but Man, Dawson Knox has really not impressed me, especially last year with all the drops. So I'm kind of wondering if maybe he gets a backup role to start the season and they go with that tight end Hollister that they signed from Seattle based on his chemistry with Josh Allen. Other than that, I think the starters are set and it's all about working for backup spots. And you're right, there's going to be a lot of players that don't make this team and they're going to be signed elsewhere. I guarantee there's going to be a few players and it always happens, but they're going to be contributing to those teams. And that's when Bills fans are going to say, oh, they should have kept this guy. They should have kept this guy. Hey, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's about what you can do for me right now. It's not about the future. The Bills are competing right now. So they need players for this year and next year. We're not looking at the future right now. So I'm kind of just looking at everything, <laughs> and, and that's a very vague statement. But I, I don't know what's going to happen at receiver, who's going to play you know, wide receiver three, cornerback two with Levi Wallace, of course. His, comp, his starting spot is always on the line. So i got to see if somebody beats him out. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting this year because for a lot of it, it's, you know, how many players are they going to keep? Because they normally keep six receivers. But there's so many good guys this year, I want them to keep seven. But if they keep seven, okay, maybe now they can only keep um, nine offensive linemen instead of ten or only nine defensive linemen instead of ten. And you look at the defensive line spot, and I want them to keep ten or eleven of those guys. There's just so many guys that, like, 
you feel like need to be on this team, but obviously you can't keep everybody. A guy like Obata, a guy like Daryl Johnson, like people are saying, oh, he won't make the team. Well, you know what? He's a four-phase special teamer. So if they cut Johnson, they've got to keep another guy who's a four-phase special teamer, whether that's a guy like Andre Smith at linebacker. Uh, that makes that means Matakevich is safe. That means Taiwan Jones. They can't just cut all the special teams, guys. Y- you know, like it's just not possible. So to me, the back 10, 12 guys, uh, you know, it's just so interesting in terms of who they're going to they're gonna keep. And I know before we started recording, you mentioned something near and dear to my heart, and that is the over-hyping of Antonio Williams. My yeah, God. Before, before we get to Antonio, I want to talk about Daryl Johnson there. That, that's a name you brought up. He's one of those guys that's just loved by Bills fans, and for good reason. You know, he, he does his role pretty well. There's already four defensive ends that are probably definitely going to make the team. It's Basham, it's Rousseau, it's Jerry Hughes, and it's Addison. Who does that leave left? He, he might be the odd one out. Antonio Williams, though, let's talk. Okay, he beat up on the Miami Dolphins in the final game of the season. That's it. I, I didn't hear his name before that. And I don't want to hear anybody saying, oh, he should compete for the starting job. He's going to make – I don't even know if he's going to make the team. Props to him for making the NFL. We're not slandering his talent. But on this team, it's Singletary Moss, A, and, and Brita's probably B. I don't know who you, who you prefer, Charlie, between Singletary and Moss. I'm a Moss guy myself. But, man, I, I'm sick of it. I was sick of hearing it the week that he played because everybody was in the mentions. Oh, my God, this Antonio Williams, he's going to be something. You, you just watch out. I don't know, man. I really don't know. Yeah, it's – I'm definitely not a Singletary guy. Um, I was. I was a Singletary guy. And then, you know, and I don't know if you can, if you can blame Singletary himself because a little bit has to be on Dable and the coaching because – they threw the ball, what, 40 times in one half and ran the ball twice? You cannot blame Singletary for that. So I understand that a little bit, but they're also not producing when they are given the ball. So it's weird. I'm riding the fence, man. Right. And, and I think the running game in general last year was really weird to me. It felt like they – switched what they wanted to do like four or five games in. And that's kind of when the Quentin Spain thing happened. And, and then they decided, okay, well, we're going to start zone blocking more. And it was just this really weird kind of thing. And then of course, everybody got injured. So I just think it, they never got started, but I was never a Singletary guy. I really, really wanted Chase Winovich. And when Brandon Bean picked him and then, and then, you know, met the press afterwards and, and he said, Oh man, Man, I, I loved his tape. I felt I don't like I don't care if you fall over this tape. Like I don't care if he's fun to watch. He's like a four seven guy. Like he part everyone says that part of the reason why he he's having problems is that he gets hit in the backfield. Okay, that's because he's slow. Like part of that reason is because he's slow. Like I love his like dynamic whatever, whatever in the open field, but in 2019, they were so far backed off from us that he was able to get to the line of scrimmage. Last year, it wasn't the case. So, and I, you know, and I don't think Breed is going to be a starter either. So I just... Breed is going to be 
taking over what uh, Yeldon did. He's going to come in on screens. He's going to come in in those situations, maybe, you know, a second and short. You're not going right. to see him probably more than five or seven times a game. And, and I was – it's funny, <laughs> and Antonio Williams, Bills fans do this all the time, right? They I'm do. Sure we, we've both <laughs> seen it. I was going to actually <laughs> – I was going to start the preseason Buffalo Bills Hall of Fame, but I didn't want to, like, offend anybody. But it was going to have, <laughs> who, like, Brand- who, was that, who was that defensive end a few years ago that didn't end up making the team but had a really good preseason? I can never remember his name. Mike Love? No, it wasn't Mike Love. Um, maybe he was man. a D-tackle. It was, like, Christian, maybe? Oh, uh, oh, boy. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, we I know who you're talking about. You might not know his name, but he produced really well in the preseason. He didn't make the final roster. And I, I know what you mean with, with those kind of players. Yeah, I was going to put, like, Brandon Riley in there and Duke Williams and Christian Wade. Like, I okay, like – Yeah, dude, everybody's still high on Christian Wade. <laughs> like, my God, like, I, I'm fine with, with Antonio Williams, like, working hard and, and earning a spot. And, and did he play well against Miami? Yeah, I mean, everyone played well. We scored 52 points. 50-burger. I, I mean, it's it's not like, you know, everyone else was playing terribly and, and he took the game over by himself or something. Uh, yeah, I, I, that, that stuff drives me crazy, all, all these guys who, who do, like, one catch and practice and people are like, man, he should be playing in the games. <laughs> it's hilarious. I, I really wonder if other – fans of other teams are the same way i have to imagine yes but i'm not in their heads i'm not speaking to them so i can't speak for them but as passionate as bills fans are they're also pretty wild yeah i, I don't know either but i, I would say that they probably are because I, I know i've listened to enough other teams podcasts to know that there's a large segment of every fan base that just absolutely hates pro football focus the like Arizona guys were really mad two weeks ago because they thought Kyler Murray was too low on some list and they were freaking out. So, I was really mad a few weeks ago too when Hopkins got the number one player of the year according to the NFL, you know, good morning football stuff. Yeah, I mean it was a great play, like whatever, was, but yeah. I mean okay. <laughs> I mean every okay, out of every game, the chances of both teams fans walking away happy are zero. Because one team's either going to lose or they're going to tie. And in either right. situation, you're going to be upset as a fan. So you can't please everybody. Right. And I, I like to um, – one other thing you mentioned that I think is interesting that I've kind of just given up on uh, is not given up on the player but given up on wanting them to really focus on improving it, and that's Levi Wallace's spot. I mean, they, they just seem to be fine with that. And so I, I just feel like at this point, like, wh- why am I worrying about it, right? Like, Well, because it's always a conversation, and that's a problem. Like, Levi Wallace is not bad, but he is not playing as well as he did his rookie year. And it, it's shown because he's had to fight off players like Josh Norman last year, who's still, you know, surfing around the atmosphere after Derrick Henry threw him off. But (laughs) he's had to – he's not had a secure job in a long time. And you just got to wonder, pressure makes diamonds. He has not become a diamond yet. And 
he's kind of on the lower end of the spectrum. I think somebody's going to beat him out, and it may be Dane Jackson. Everybody wants to talk about him, too. I'm not completely sold on him. I haven't seen him play all that much. I, I cannot say, oh, my God, Dane Jackson's the new number two cornerback for the Buffalo Bills. I cannot say that right now. But I can say, Levi, man, he's really got to pick it up. Yeah, I, I think we've seen a little bit from Dane Jackson – and people want to, like, just cling on to something, right? Like, he was okay. And people are like, oh, well, okay, well, well, then he can definitely do this, or I'm excited to see. And that's fine if you're excited. I, you can be excited to see players. But, I, you know, I haven't seen enough of him to really know much about him at all. To your point, I, I just – I don't think we, we know enough, and I don't think we're going to know enough through training camp. He's going to have to get opportunities and – you know, make the most of those opportunities in games, whether he's the starter or the backup, for me to really have any sort of indication about, you know, what kind of player he really is. So, I mean, Levi's job seems fairly safe, you know, because he's the most proven guy, really, aside from Trey White at the moment. Yeah, the, the coaching staff has has a relationship with Levi Wallace where they, where they like him a lot, and that's fine. He is an okay corner. But I don't think his job's safe by any means. I think the only way that I can say that he's safe is the fact that the Bills didn't draft a corner in the first round or the second round. I don't know. Was Wild Goose fourth? Was that a fourth-round pick, I believe? I think so, it was even later. There might have been a fifth-round pick. Okay. It, it was later on in the draft, I know. So that's the only thing that leads me to believe it. But if he, if he keeps putting up the same numbers as he has the, the last couple of years, I'm not expecting him to stick around much longer. I think it's obvious that, that they feel that getting more pressure on the quarterback will alleviate some of whatever concerns they or anyone else may have about the back end. And, I mean, obviously that's not a, a dumb idea. Like, of course, getting pressure on the quarterback is important. Uh, you know. The problem is, and, and we talked about this on IC Mics a couple of weeks ago, is – the Bills don't have a problem pressuring the quarterback. They're top five in pressure. They have a problem taking the quarterback down. They have a problem finishing the play. You know, they'll get in Patrick Mahomes' face, but you're damn sure he's going to run around and find somebody for 45 yards down the field. So what does pressure matter if you can't bring him down? You're not forcing bad throws. This isn't the NFL of five years ago where you get in a guy's face and it forces a bad throw. These guys are used to pressure by now, and they're, they, the practice, I feel like, has just gotten better, and the way they go about getting ready for games, it's not the same. You cannot just expect pressure to do everything for you. Yeah, that, that's a great point, and it's something that I actually kind of agree with, and I wonder if the Bills feel something similar based on the kind of guys that they want to – take over for Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison. And McDermott has always had these kind of bigger compression style um, defensive ends. They're, they're not, you know, guys like Bruce Smith who are going to like fly around the edge necessarily. I feel like it's almost better nowadays to have guys who can keep the quarterback contained. I feel like the Bills should play every quarterback – kind of how they played Lamar. Like, 
we don't want to flush you out of the pocket. Like, we don't want to flush Mahomes out of the pocket. You, maybe you want to make him go backwards, but you don't want to make him go left or right. You, you'd rather him just stay there and, and try it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we just want to contain him. I agreed, man. It, it's about finishing the play, and I, I really hope Rousseau or Basham can come in with that alpha dog mentality. As much as I love Jerry Hughes, and, you know, you love Channing – Hughes, when he makes a big play, he's more about pressure now than he is about finishing. You know, he used to have 10, 11 sacks per year, and we haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, he needs a guy, whether it's Oliver, Basham, Rousseau, whoever, who's going to sort of, uh, you know, Hughes is great at getting the guy to move, but there's nobody there on the other side um, to to take the guy down to finish the sack, to force him back towards Jerry even, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. Oliver, that's another discussion. That would be 45 minutes of our time, though. He needs yeah. to show up this year. That, that's true. Maybe, maybe we can do that another time. So let's get into a little bit of how you got started in podcasting. And is there any advice, uh, since you said you are in broadcasting school, is there any advice you'd give anybody who's looking to get into broadcasting, just to podcasting you know, as a fan, um, anything you have that can uh, benefit anyone listening who, who may want to try to not that it's hard what we do, but <laughs> who may want to jump into what we do right now with this podcasting thing. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because you mentioned fan and it, it's one thing that I try to do that I don't see many others do. And I push it on my co-host as well. Um, when I'm on the air, like I am right now, I try not to be a fan. I try to be objective to every team and of course, you know, there's a little bit of Bill's bias in there, but when it comes to broadcasting and podcasting, they're two completely different things because I can jump on here and talk Josh Allen and I can talk about my opinions, but broadcasting's a lot different. It's not opinion-based. It's, it's more about facts. If I had to give anybody any advice, it's just, you know, sit down and practice, talk to yourself, you know, go, go in the bathroom, look in the mirror and, and see how you look when you're talking. If you're doing visual podcasts or if you're just doing audio podcasts, it's about warming up. You don't just get this voice by waking up, man. It, it's practice and it's preparation. And um, it, it's fun. It, it's, it's not that it's hard, but you're going to get what you put in. And, and that's just that. It's very simple. I got into podcasting really not too long ago. It was probably about three months right before – the Bills and uh, Ravens playoff game, which I thought we were going to lose for the record. I was very happy we won that game. But um, I don't know. I, I probably should have been doing it long before that. I've, I've always wanted to be a TV guy, uh, not just radio, because when it comes to radio, you need to be a lot more descriptive and paint a picture. I'm not great at painting a picture. I can enhance a picture but I can't paint a picture. So that's kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And uh, you can check out Icy Mike's on Sundays. <laughs> Cheap plug. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think the thing too, uh, you, you mentioned off air that you do a lot of the, um, the, you know, the writing for your podcast. And I guess that's the thing maybe that kind of surprised me when I started was 
you got to do some research. <laughs> you know, you, you got to have some kind of show note or something. Yeah. Another thing that would help that I haven't gotten to yet. I don't know if you implement this, Charlie, but I was thinking of it is I just have my computer. It's all I have is my, my MacBook Pro in front of me. I want to get a monitor to go along with it so I can scroll for stats and, and stories in case I need something because you never want to be recording on your computer, clicking around everywhere, you know, trying to find Antonio Williams stats or stuff like that. So that, that would be another piece of advice I would give. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, uh, my wife, shout out to her. She was nice enough to get me a really nice gaming computer. Uh, I still have to get a second monitor, but I have a very nice monitor and all that stuff. So yes, it, it does come in very helpful. Um, or, or if you, if you got a, a desktop and a laptop, so you can kind of, you know, look up your stuff. You need to look up when you, or have your, you know, your producer, as we like to say, let my producer look that up for a minute while you keep talking. <laughs> and sometimes it's not even about writing. Like when, when I first got into podcasting a few months ago, I would, I would pre-produce what I wanted to talk about. I would go into, you know, Google drive or word and, and write down not a script, but just topics. But ever since I got a co-host, which is kind of what we're doing here right now, Charlie, I don't, I don't pre-produce at all because I feel like it comes off more genuine if I'm just talking to you. Me, me and my co-host, Mike Schimbersky, we don't even talk during the week. Sometimes we say, hey, you know, you ready? And that's it. We don't talk football because we want it to all be organic and genuine when we go on. Don't over-practice. That's a real problem when you don't feel real because that's what people want to hear. They want to hear your thoughts, your opinions, and not always your thoughts and opinions. Sometimes it's not all about you. You got to be more about the story. And that can be difficult sometimes. Just, it, it's all about being in that mindset. You got to be ready and just go, man. Put on the gas. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, that's great advice. I appreciate, I appreciate you uh, giving the listeners some advice. And now, now the time, what everyone's waiting for, all you know, 17 or 18 listeners that, that are listening. This is the time where you get to tell me why I'm wrong on, on one of these fantastic Buffalo Bills takes that, that I have put out on the interwebs. So, so which one are you, are you going to tell me that I'm wrong about? Do you want me to just announce one or do you want to announce them first? Well, I, I sure yeah, see. As, do you want to keep them as surprises for your, for your upcoming episodes or do you want to let them know what you got? Well, these have been sort of floating around the internet for a while for the most part. So I, well, I'll read them out real quick. I'll read them out. So, so anyone who hasn't seen them uh, knows what's going on. Okay. So, so basically I did not like, the resigning of Matt Milano. I did not like the resigning of John Feliciano. I did not like the resigning of Isaiah McKenzie. I also maintain that Trey White is not a top five cornerback in the NFL. And two of the tweets that I sent out today, Gabe Davis will never be a top two wide receiver for any NFL team ever. And when their careers are both over, Dawson Knox will have had a better statistical career than Gabe Davis. Okay. Well, as you said, Charlie, I disagree with everything. This <laughs> segment, this segment is over. There you go. Oh man. Not exactly <laughs> what I was expecting. All right, Charlie, I'm going to hit you with a surprising one. And like you mentioned, there is a lot I disagree with on this list, 
there is some I agree with, but I'm not going to give you that bright spot. This is about <laughs> making Charlie wrong. And I want to talk to you about Isaiah McKenzie. Okay. Because I've, I've been a McKenzie guy. And like we mentioned, you know, Bill's, Bill's fans get attached to certain players. And McKenzie's one I've gotten used to, but not for the reasons you may think. Uh, he's a good returner. You know, he's maybe an average wide receiver at best. But the thing I like about it is the continuity of him just being here and forming a chemistry. He may not be a great player on another team. And he's not a great Buffalo Bills player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting him up there with Stefan Diggs and the other guys. But I think he's a big part of the offense. And when Andre Roberts left, I thought I really wanted McKenzie back. And I was happy to see him back just because he has that. I was angry, and I, and I still am to a degree, when John Brown was released. I don't know if Emmanuel Sanders is better than John Brown. Career-wise, definitely, Emmanuel Sanders is better than John Brown. But that's like saying Tom Brady and Josh Allen. Who's better right now? Statistically, Josh Allen. Career-wise, as much as we hate to say it, it's Tom <laughs> Brady. So I really liked the McKenzie signing. It didn't cost a lot. I need to hear why you didn't like it because Charlie, you're wrong. Uh, yeah, I've heard that a few times. I just, I mean, he's wide receiver five. And I just feel like. It's okay. Just, no, no, no. Stop right there. You know how often he's used. It doesn't matter if he's wide receiver 132, man. Dable throws out everybody on the field. He, he may be wide receiver five, but he sees the field quite often. Yeah, there was a time where, like, I was yelling at my TV in the back half of the season, yelling, why aren't you using the Jet Sweep more? But, like... No, no, do not use the Jet Sweep more. We lose two yards, like, every time it's But, but, but that, that's McKenzie. But that's it's not McKenzie's thing. fault. That's the blocking on the outside by the wide receivers. I, I'm, not, I'm not here for the slander of <laughs> Isaiah McKenzie. Like, for, first of all, okay... Like you can get that guy. Like we kind of got that guy with Stevenson. Like it's all you over can't the say draft. That. Stevenson. Stevenson's never played a snap in the NFL. But the skill sets like that's littered with draft. There's like all over the place. Okay, but you cannot find chemistry in the draft. You cannot find somebody who knows that quarterback really well. The chemistry between Allen and Diggs was immaculate and Allen's had that with every single wide receiver that has come in whether it be Beasley when John Brown came in like I get it but man I, I just like having the same players I like going into another year saying and not the same crappy players like it used to be where you know we're, we're rolling out you know what was it Kelvin Benjamin and stuff like that I was, I was so happy when they traded for him and it obviously didn't work out but <laughs> man I just like knowing who's going to start. Realistically, me and you can go back and forth right now and tell you every starter on the team, maybe there's a competition at one or two positions, kick returner, punt returner, possibly. Other than that, we know who's going to be playing for the Buffalo Bills. How many teams can say that right now? Right. I mean, I don't know, 12 maybe I would be my, maybe just my that, real. That's a high number. I don't, I don't think there's 12. Well, I would go. I would go in the in the single digits. I would say probably the playoff teams and maybe a few that weren't like maybe the Chargers. I'm not I'm not positive of everybody's full roster. Right. The Bills are on paper a top three team in the NFL, and McKenzie's a part of it. He may not be 
Stefan Diggs and maybe his dreams he can be Stefan Diggs. <laughs> but I think I think he, he's a big part of the offense. Right. And and see, that's that's my disconnect. The skill set is a big part of the offense. I don't care what name is attached to it. Why do I care about that? The skill set is a big part of the offense. Sometimes I like the player, okay? Sometimes it's <laughs> not about just the skill set. You know what I mean? What would Fred Jackson have been if he was just a skill set? Now, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing Fred Jackson to Isaiah McKenzie, but I'm telling you, the, these players in Buffalo, they, they get a personality. They get a swagger about them. They, you know, show off, show off for the team. Man, I, I, I don't know. There's a lot, like the Milano thing. I'm kind of both with you there because the discount I was good with, the injuries I'm not. What does that do for the future? You know, re-signing McKenzie was a one-year deal. It's not going to – it's not going to cost anything. And, hey, if Stevenson plays better, put him in. But right now, I think Isaiah McKenzie, you said wide receiver, wide receiver five. I would say four. Is there four above him? Davis, Beasley, Diggs, Sanders. That's three. You, you said he was wide receiver five. Yeah, Davis, Diggs, Beasley, Sanders. Okay. That's four. Okay. I don't know, man. I – I don't know if, if, if all of them are above him, man. I, I am not sold on Emmanuel Sanders right now. That's my outlandish take, to be honest with you. Is <laughs> How I, don't think, I don't think McKenzie's better than Sanders, but I don't know. I, it's just one of those names that – it's like a Pierre Garçon to me, like, like a Terrell <laughs> Owens when he came to Buffalo. It's a name more than it's the player that he used to be. I, 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 get, I get your thought process on that. See, I'm all about a person's thought process. Like, I'm not going to agree with everybody, and everyone's not going to agree with me. I like learning about somebody's thought process. Like, like, okay, your take sounds crazy, or my take sounds crazy, but what's your thought process? If, if your thought process is – if I can understand your thought process, then that's fine. Like, we don't all have to like everything, right? And, like, we don't have to like the same things. What you're explaining right now, Charlie, is the exact – thing that icy mics is all about it's not about hot takes it's not about who can say more outlandish things it's not about who has the weirdest opinions it's about the facts and it's about how the facts determine what happens on the football field and maybe how it affects the draft and so on and so forth and that's what this is all about you should not be calling this charlie you're wrong we should <laughs> tell me why i'm wrong this should be just hey Let's talk about the real issues. And obviously, you have good, catchy names. Don't, don't actually change it. But I'm saying the premise of this is not about you being wrong. It's about learning. And, hey, everybody's wrong sometimes. And, and we say it all the time as Bills fans. Who wanted Josh Allen at the time when he was drafted? Not, not many. Me. Not many. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, so, ne I'm never wrong. Like, I don't know what yeah, you're, you're, you're talking about. Wrong. Dan Kelly, everybody. Dan, is there anything you want to say to the people uh, before we get out of here? You guys know the deal by now. You can find me on Twitter at the real Dan Kelly. Be sure to check out Icy Mikes on Sundays. We're looking to go live in the near future, so look out for that. If you have suggestions, like Charlie mentioned, the suggestion box is open. We're struggling for ideas right now. 
really. I, I think I speak for the entire built in Buffalo network. When I say that we're trying to come up with like, you know, fun little additions because we need to fill time to be honest with you. There's seven podcasts a week. We can't be repeating each other. So be sure to check everybody's content out from the built in Buffalo network. And thanks for having me on Charlie. It was a, a pleasure and I'll have you on icy mics for sure. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. And thank you all for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Charlie underscore gross underscore. Please check out built in Buffalo on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. The YouTube channel is adding new content all the time. Please give a listen to uh, all the podcasts. And if you listen on Apple, even though Apple did an update and their software is terrible, you can leave a rating and a review. We would really appreciate that. And once again, thank you very much, Dan, for coming on the podcast and we are 